Let's open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 9. I'm going to give you, let's call it a Bible study tonight. I don't know if we'll make it a sermon, but it'll be a Bible study at the least. Whatever the case is, whatever you want to call it, if God gets in it, it's a message. Amen. You know there's a difference between a sermon and a message. <laughs> Lots of people have sermons, but uh, God gets in it, it speaks to you becomes a message and that's what we want tonight yes Ecclesiastes 4 we're going to start in verse 9 and can I ask you to bow your heads with me before we begin father please please God help us oh God help us we are a needy people make no tarrying oh my God please don't wait don't hesitate please father move amongst us tonight and speak to our hearts and don't let it be just a lesson or just a sermon Lord, let it cut deep, let it help, let it comfort, let it exhort. Father, I want to pray for those people in Sri Lanka. Oh, God, please, Lord, comfort the families of those who have lost their loved ones on, on what is a special day for Christians. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us to appreciate the freedom that we have. Oh, God, thank you for it, and let us take advantage of it and praise you and worship you to the utmost while we have the chance. Father, please help us tonight. We need help, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9. I'm talking to you tonight on this subject. I need help. I need help. Now, now don't laugh too much at that. <laughs> That's not an admission, although it is. <laughs> it is true. I do need help, but not in the clinical sense. <laughs> but don't we all? Amen. You need help. That's why you're here. I hope. If you came tonight and you got it all figured out, we need to switch places. <laughs> you need to be up here and I'll come down there because I need help. I need help. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Boy, isn't that the truth? If, if you're all alone and you get a good paycheck, who are you going to go spend it with? Have you guys ever sat through a funny movie alone? It's, it's, it's never as funny when you're alone, right? Have you ever tried to laugh at a funny moment when you're alone? It's just, it feels awkward. It feels wrong. It happens, you go, ha ha. <laughs> you're looking around, there's no one there to validate your laugh. It's just, it's awkward. Two, that, two are better than one. Verse 10, for, for if they fall... I'd almost want to say when they fall. <laughs> For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Well, I guess if he's a nice guy, he will. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Well, when you think of that in terms of, of the Christian life, isn't it a blessing to have good, godly friends when you've had a bad day and fall? You've got somebody there to help lift you up. Oh, what a, what a blessing. Take your Bible. Let's come to 2 Samuel chapter 10. We read there that he needs somebody to help him up. I need help. You need help. 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 11. We're reading here where the Syrians are coming to attack. And David has a couple men that are making a plan to go fight the battle. A couple brothers, Joab and Abishai, 
And uh, they're making a plan to go and fight together and they're both going to lead separate portions of the army. And in verse 11, it says, And he said, If the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will come and help thee. There's just one thought I want you to see in that. I'm not trying to get across the context tonight. I'm just wanting you to see they've made a deal to help each other. Well, if we could figure that out. These are two brothers saying when things get too tough on your side, I'll be there for you. And if things get too tough for me, I need you to be there for me. What a blessing it is when you can look at somebody and say, I need help, and you know, you know that they'll pitch in. You know that they'll be there. Come to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, we'll begin reading at verse 1. Spend a little more time in this passage. Philippians 4 and verse 1. I need help. You need help. Philippians 4 verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You know, that's a tall order. Stand fast in the Lord. Yellow say, ho foss. Is that right? Ho foss. That, that, that's stand fast. You know, it's not easy to, to get a hold of something and hang on to it for a long time. That grip gets weak. You get tired. You, you, you get frustrated of hanging on to it. And for Paul to say, now, now, brethren, I long for you. You're my joy. You're my crown. Now hang in there. How are we going to do that? If you're alone and you fall, who's going to help you up? You need help. If we are going to stand fast for the Lord, we're going to have to depend on each other. We're going to have to be there for each other. Verse 2, I beseech Eudeus and beseech Syntyche. These are two ladies in the church. Both of those are feminine names. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. So he points out there are a couple ladies in the Philippian church fussing at each other. A couple tannies that can't get along. Hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. The word eudeus means fine traveling. Fine traveling means you're you know, that kind of thing. You're just going on. Everything's, everything's lekker. You know what eudeus means? Or uh, Syntyche, rather. Syntyche means accident. <laughs> you saw what happened, right? One guy's just riding along smooth. The other guy, bam! <laughs> when you put Eudeus and Syntyche together, you got a mess. Paul says, now you, you two ladies need to sit down and get it, get it fixed. Be of the same mind. Get on the same page. Why? You're going to need each other. You, you guys can't be fighting. You've got to help each other. Verse 3, and I entreat thee also. Now thee, that's your equivalent of, of yea. Um, I entreat you also. Who, who is the thee? When he says I entreat thee, scholars have been debating this since the ink dried on the original manuscript. We don't know who this yea is. Who, who is this? I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, whoever it is. Whoever it is, this person was a true yoke fellow. 
I, I believe that the Holy Spirit had Paul leave that unnamed on purpose so that any, any Christian who desires to take on the title true yoke fellow can apply this verse. So if you would like to be able to honestly say, I am hitched up and working alongside and of the same mind as the Apostle Paul. I want to serve Christ the same way he did. I want to love the Lord my God with my whole mind, body, soul, spirit, that type of thing. You understand what a true yoke fellow is? You understand that? A true yoke fellow is somebody who makes a commitment and says, I will be there, and then pitches up and pitches in and pulls his weight. When you have two oxen that stick their head in a yoke and they're working together, if one ox is walking along and doing the work and the other ox is trying to sit down and not doing anything, those oxen aren't going to get very far, are they? You, you know what's going to happen. The one ox that's not moving and the other ox that is moving, this guy's going to anchor it down and the other ox is going to do this business. He's just going to go in circles and circles and circles. He's not going to make any progress, is he? But I tell you what, this ox is going to get tired. He's going to get frustrated. And he's going to say, I'm tired of doing all the work. You said when you put your head in the yoke, you made a commitment. And by putting your head in the yoke and making that commitment, what you were saying is, I will pull my weight. I will help. So look what he tells him. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help. What's the command? Help. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel. Look at there, as Paul came to town and went, went about trying to win souls, you know who pitched up to help him? A bunch of ladies came out for soul winning. You know what I found? Almost every Saturday morning, we're usually a lot more women than we are men. Now, men, relax. I'm not trying to put you under special conviction there. We do have men that, that come out, and I know a lot of you men have other commitments, and you just can't. It's not a matter of you don't want to. You just can't, and I get that. But Paul says, there's a bunch of ladies that helped me out as I was preaching the gospel. Now, make sure you help them. Help those women. Pitch in and help them out. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now, Clement was one of the church leaders, and according to history, a lot of people think this, this guy turned out to be a man we know as Clement of Rome. He became the pastor of the church in Rome, and he wrote some epistles that we still have today. Now, they're not scripture, they're not canonical, but very good writing. Paul says, help him. Help him. Uh, can I ask you to take your Bible, come to Luke chapter 8. I'd like to show you how a lot of the ladies in the early days pitched in. I can show you verses where the ladies came out to preach. So listen, they came out for preaching. That is, they went out and preached the gospel. Right? Now, I'm going to say something controversial. Please brace yourselves. Right? shouldn't be controversial, but it is. Women are not supposed to preach in the pulpit. Right? I mean, the Bible is, is clear on this, guys. It, it is. Let your women keep silence in the churches. That's, that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. Women are not supposed to stand and lead the church service. Okay, are, are we good there? We're good there. And, and I think some people get the idea then that somehow the, the ladies get devalued because they're not allowed to do something. They're not allowed to do one thing. Don't lead. 
That's it. Don't usurp the authority over the man. Let the, let the men lead in the church. And Paul set it up like that based on the way God set it up from Genesis 3. Right? He, he, he said to Eve, the man shall rule over thee. Right? So based on that, Paul set the church up in the same way. It has nothing to do with the lady's lack of ability or lack of spirituality. As a matter of fact, I know because in Bible school, we have everybody, men and women, turn in sermons. They write out lessons. I really wish the women could preach. Because, <laughs> man, they can make some nice lessons. Matter of fact, I'm waiting for one lady to, to be absent from church so I can steal her outline. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Yeah? Man, it's good. Um in Luke chapter 8 look with me starting at verse number 2 all right let, let's begin at verse 1 why not Luke 8 verse 1 he says here and the Bible says here it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him and certain women which had, uh, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which... Wh what are we excited about? <laughs> if you want to say amen, help yourself. <laughs> uh, it says, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Do you see what these ladies are doing? Jesus and the 12 are going out to preach. You know what the ladies did? They said, we, we can cook some meals. We can wash some clothes. We can take care of all the odd jobs here and there so that you guys can just tend to that. We will help. We will help. You say, oh, but that, is that the only thing we get to do? No, no. I can show you verses where ladies do go out and win souls and ladies can teach other ladies and there's so, so many things that they can do. But why should we look on this as if this is a, a small thing? They're helping. They're helping. They're an integral part of what's going on in the ministry. They're helping. My point tonight is I need help. You need help. So, so here's what we do. We look for we see a need and we fill a need. We look for a, a place, a time, an opportunity. Is there any way that I can help? Let me pitch in and help someone. If that means doing the dishes, if that means packing up the church, if that means prayer meeting, if that means preaching a sermon, if that means answering the call to be the pastor in Hennemont, if that means answering the call to be an assistant pastor here, if that means teaching a Sunday school class, whatever it is, can you help? Can you help? Uh, take your Bible, come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When God made man, matter of fact, the first time you see the word help in the Bible, it's very interesting. And if you go by the law of first mention, it's incredibly interesting. Genesis 2.18, God had made Adam, and, he, and it says that it was not good for the man to be alone. And, that, and God said, I will make him and help meet for him. God looked at the man. Now, think about it. Think about it. 
all of the rest of God's creation. He didn't say that about There's only one thing God made when he looked at it and said, you're not going to make it by yourself. I need help. <laughs> amen. Now, now, you men just need to say amen right there. You, you, need, you need to say amen. You, you just need to own it. Say, on my own, I'm not going to make it. I need help. I need help. And ladies, if you want to know just how special you are, he, he brings forth the woman. Do you realize nothing, no other part of God's creation, nothing else he did was like the woman? Everything, every, all the other land-dwelling animals came out of the land, not you ladies. It came from the man's side. And, and it was because the man by himself couldn't make it. He said, now you're there to help. Does, does that make you less? Oh, no, no, no. What a great honor to say, listen, without you, this isn't going to work. He needs you. Oh, that's, when somebody turns to you and says, listen, I'm leaning on you. I'm depending on you. I am trusting that you'll be there for me. Folks, when you go to the altar and say, I do, right? When you make those vows, to your spouse, what you're saying is, I'm going to help for the rest of my life. You can depend on me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be a help to you. Even you men, even you say, oh, she was made as a help for me. You know what Jesus said when he came into the world? I came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life. Did you hear what he said? I didn't come to get help. I came to help. Say, so how does that apply to husbands? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and did what? Gave himself for it. Came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give myself. A ransom for many. You know what it's about? Let me help you, you help me. I need help. You need help. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Paul's talking about how smartly God put the body of Christ together. Verse 28 says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So he's just pointing out there's a lot of different things that need to be done. And God has prepared and called various people to do various things. What I find interesting is that word helps. It's the only time you see that word used that way in the Bible. The Greek word behind it is antilepsis. It's the only time that Greek word shows up in the whole Bible. Lepsis means seizing. Like, you know, when you rev the car too much and there's not enough oil in the motor and it seizes up and it stops working. When you, over, when you run it too fast and too far and try to do too much and it seizes up and it breaks down, antilepsis is to stop it. We're against the seizing up. How do we stop things from seizing up and breaking down so that they can't go any further? Helps. It's maintenance. Let me fix it before it becomes a problem. So this is where we look around and you say, now where can I pitch in so that things can continue to run smoothly? Somebody's got to do something, right? Everybody can pitch in somewhere. 
And don't walk away thinking, well, I just did a small thing. When you go and say this, oh, I hope you hear this part of the lesson. Because some of you, I think that you get discouraged because you'd like to do more and you just don't know what you can do. But, but I have had you come on so many occasions and say these words, Pastor, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. Did you know that in and of itself is a help? To know that there are people willing to do something. That way I don't freak out and panic. I know that if things come up, there are willing participants. Oh, man. In case something falls apart, another is there to lift it up. What, what a great comfort. Every church needs this. And I believe everybody in the body of Christ can fulfill that to a certain extent using whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever abilities you have. Let me put them to use and just be a help. Let me show you another verse. Come to Hebrews chapter 13. I can remember years ago when Christina and I started off in our Christian lives. Oh, we were so eager. Still are, but those early days, we were so eager to serve God, but we didn't know anything. I, pastor couldn't really lean on me to do a whole lot of specialized stuff because I wasn't that special. <laughs> I didn't know much. I said, Pastor, whatever I can do, please let me know. Well, the church was suffering at that time. It, there was about 100 people that were coming, and then the pastor's wife ran off with some other man and took their child. And the pastor's heart was broken. She was the piano player. So now the church didn't have a piano player and about 80 members left. And this pastor was just heartbroken. And I said, Brother Freddie, if there's anything we can do, just let me know. And he was honest and he said, well, brother, right now I'm doing everything. I'm cleaning the church. I'm vacuuming the floor. I'm cleaning the toilets. I'm straightening up the songbooks. I'm dusting the pulpit. I'm everything. And he was going out soul winning seven days a week all by himself. I said, well, brother, let me, let me do what I can. So Christina and I, we had the honor of showing up and vacuuming the church every Saturday night. And scrubbing the toilets. And I remember, I remember in the men's bathroom, in, in there scrubbing the toilets and singing, singing gospel hymns while I'm in there. I, it's the most awkward thing, but it works. <laughs> it passes the time very nicely. <laughs> I was so happy to get to be helping. I was helping. Brother Freddie said, Brother Mike, I, I can hear that you sing loud. <laughs> and mostly on key, would you like to lead the music? I said, Brother Freddie, I only know one song. Right? I only knew Amazing Grace because as a Catholic, we sing different songs in the Catholic church. I can't come to a Baptist church and sing Ave Maria. <laughs> Just, that's going to be weird. <laughs> the piano player, we had a young lady that volunteered to play the piano. She only knew one song. And it wasn't the song I knew. <laughs> So I learned that song, and you've heard me tell it before. We sang that song every service, Sunday, Sunday school, Sunday main service, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We sang it for about two months like that until she learned another song. Wow, man, wow. Led the music. 
he came to me and he said, Brother Mike, would you be the youth pastor? There were only two youth in the whole church. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> I said, sure, I'll sit down and talk with them both. <laughs> the great man of God I am. <laughs> I'll, I'll straighten them out. <laughs> I took them out soul winning. That's all I knew how to do. So we took them out soul winning. Brother Freddie, what can we do? He said, can you help me fold tracks? Boy, we became professional track folders. I could fold those tracks. I could do it in my sleep to this day. I get the thumbs going down. We, we could, Christina and I could knock out a thousand in an hour. Just track, 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 track. Love to fold tracks. Brother, Brother Freddie said, Brother Mike, I'm busy getting ready on Sunday morning praying before the service and, and looking at my sermon. Could you show up early and unlock the church? And could you stay, be the last one out the door? Because sometimes he has to go and counsel people. He said, could you lock the church? So he gave me the church keys. I said, man, look at me now. I've got the power. <laughs> I've got the keys. You know what I got to do? Brother Freddie would, we'd go to his house every night. We'd knock off from work and go straight to, to the pastor's house. And we'd sit down. I, Brother Freddie had an affinity for chicken and gravy. <laughs> he didn't cook it. He'd go down to the, like the chicken licking, get, get chicken and dip it in gravy and boy, the most unhealthy stuff you could imagine. But he'd eat that every night. And uh, there were some nights, him and I would sit there and uh, we were, were just about to go out witnessing and Brother Freddie would just break down in tears. And I said, Brother Freddie, what's going on? He said, he said, you know, my wife... She's, she's giving me this and that trouble and he would, he would open up and, and just kind of share his heart. I was in my young 20s. I don't know what to say to that. I've just gotten married a few months before. I don't know anything about that kind of pain and trouble. He said, what'd you do? How'd you help? Here's what I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Now, had I been South African, I would have added to that one, mm, shame. Mm, mm, shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> See, I could save you all the money from taking those counseling courses. I, I know how to counsel people. <laughs> shame. <laughs> That's all you need to do. I sat there, I don't know how many times, and just, just let him talk. And then he'd get to the end and, and, and he'd say, Brother Mike, just, I appreciate you listening. I don't expect you to, to say anything. Just thank you for letting me vent a little bit. And then we'd pray together for a while. You, you know what we did? Brother Freddie, he didn't have very many people pitching up for church on a faithful, regular basis. I said, Brother Freddie, don't, don't worry. I don't care what happens. We'll be there. We'll be there. We're there for you. Anything you need. Brother Freddie was our pastor for six months. After that, God moved him to another place and another pastor came in and we tried to be a help to that man as well. Brother Freddie, months after he left, he sent me a gift. It was a small New Testament, a leather-bound New Testament. I still have it on my shelf to this day. And he wrote me a long note in the front of that little New Testament, Soul Winner's New Testament is what we call it. And in that note, he he said thank you over and over again for just being there to help. Guys, I need help. You need help. 
Can you help someone? This week, can you help someone? Anyone, can you reach out to someone that needs help? At the very least, can you offer it? Could you offer it? I've been praying this week so much, so much, that God would raise up the right help because I need help. I need help. I, 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 can't, I can't keep up with my schedule. And so many of you do so much already. Oh, you do so much in this church and I appreciate it, not just in this church, but in this community. And I, oh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you so much for that. But I've been asking God, please, God, please raise up the right man to, to help, the right people to help, somebody to help in the pulpit, somebody to help teach in the Bible school. And it may not happen overnight, but I said, God, please help. I went home this afternoon and I just about broke down in tears because the pain in my throat is just worse than I thought it would ever be and, it, and I need help. You know what happened when I got to church tonight? Now obviously that's, it's not part of the lesson because it happened about five minutes before the service started. But I had two people come right up right up on the, on the platform and say, Pastor, just want you to know whatever happens, we're here for you and we'll help. I thought, man, God answered my prayers. That's what I needed. And what they don't know is I was asking God for those two men to do it. By name. And they both came and said exactly what I asked them to say. I read in the book of Psalms where it says, Behold, God is my helper. But I also know that when God reaches out to help, it may not be the unseen hand of God that you get, but you might be the hand. You're that member of the body of Christ that he reaches out and says, here, that's the help you need. Say, it, it's such a lowly position. It's, you know, just to be the help. Just to be the servant, right? Feels like I'm in the second place. Feels like I've been demoted. I'm just there to help. I want to show you how, how honorable it is to be the help. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. And then this wonderful promise. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You know what the Lord said? No matter what happens, I'll be there for you. That's some big help. Whew, I feel a lot better knowing that. Don't you? Don't you? Doesn't it feel wonderful to know anytime I need the Lord, I can run to Him and He's there to help? Isn't it wonderful to know? He said, he said let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we, might, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He said, anytime you need it, come and I'll help. 
Verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my what? He's my what? You can't get much better than that now, can you? You say, oh, that's such a lowly position. That's second rate. If God makes you just to be the help, meet for something, well, that means you're second. No. <laughs> the Lord came down and He said, I'll show you how special it is to be the help. I'll take on the role. I'll take on the title of helper. The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. To call yourself helper is one of the greatest honors, the greatest titles that you can take. To say, I helped. What a position. What an honor. Come to Acts chapter 16. We're going to finish up here. Acts chapter 16 and verse, verse 9. I think you're all familiar with this story, right? Acts 16. Paul is going throughout Galatia and he's trying to preach in various places, but the Holy Spirit just won't open the doors in certain places. And then in verse 9 it says, A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. In this vision, what we often call the Macedonian vision, you know what the vision, what, what the message was? Somebody please come help. It was a distress signal. It was sending out the message, SOS, please come help. We need help. Somebody come help. As you walk out the doors tonight, I hope that you can hear the Macedonian call ringing through your ears. Somebody out there is calling out saying, please, please come and help. They just, they don't, they don't want anybody. They don't need somebody super talented. They don't need somebody super rich. They just need somebody super willing to help. To just be there for them. Can you do that? Can you answer the Macedonian call and just go help someone? I think if we are going to achieve godliness, that is to be like God, right? That's what the word means. The Bible says God is my helper. The Lord is my helper. One of the most godly things you can do, therefore, is help someone. Go and help. Let's all stand if you would, please. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you pray with me just for a few moments, please? The Lord's been putting it on my heart over and over again. You know, that church in Hennemon needs help. They need a pastor. The Lord keeps putting somebody on my heart to be that pastor and if the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about it I, I hope you come and see me about it be a big sacrifice but I think you know who you are 
you know, this message, I didn't preach it tonight to rebuke anyone. I did it more to encourage you folks because so many of you help so much. And, and a lot of you help and you don't even know you're helping. But I'll tell you how you do it. Sunday in and Sunday out, there you sit. We can depend on you. You pitch up and you pitch in. And I want you to know I appreciate it. You're a blessing. You're making a difference. Lord, I want to thank you for being our helper. Thank you for being so faithful, Lord. It's because we know that you'll always be there. That's, that's the help you've provided. That promise to always be there. No matter what. Thank you, God. Thank you. Oh, Father, thank you for all the help you've provided. Not just in, my, in this church, but in my life. I can appreciate, Lord, what David said. Many, O oh Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. I can't number them. You've done too many things the best way I know how I'm, I'm thanking you tonight oh I thank you for these these folks Lord I love to see how they help each other please Lord give us a chance this week to help someone just to be a help thank you for giving us the perfect example of what help looks like God, thank you for speaking to our hearts today, for being our risen Savior, for being alive, for being among us even tonight. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to enjoy your presence, not just this evening, but this whole day. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing it's been to be near you. Oh, God, thank you. Please, please, Father. As we, as we dismiss, as we go home, please continue to walk with us. Continue to work in our hearts. God, we love you. And we thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.